This episode of Before, Behind, and Between looks at rush events that were not rush events per se. Keep listening to find out more. Have you ever been to an event that featured something about Rush yet wasn't a Rush event? Perhaps a fundraising dinner that included one of the band members as a special guest. Perhaps a Rush cruise with, oh wait, that was Kiss who did the cruises, not Rush. But for example, I know a friend who attended a CBC taping of a talk show that featured, among other guests, Alex and Getty. Wait, I thought, that would have been pretty cool. At last, I wasn't able to make it. But I have been lucky enough to be present at a few. The first was during the early evening hours of July 29, 2003. I was up at Downsview Park to supervise the construction and other details for the accessibility section at Molson Rocks for Toronto. That day-long music festival scheduled for the next day, July 30, that was also known as SARSFest. Also present around the park were stage and construction crews, lighting techs, personnel for video tests, and all the people conducting sound checks. I happened to be there for the sound check of the three premium bands in the lineup, ACDC, Rolling Stones, and of course Rush. I have to tell you, at first, I thought it was simply recorded music being pumped through the massive sound system until the telltale signs of a sound check became audible, such as the Stones playing only a few verses from Ruby Tuesday and hearing them chat with stagehands in between notes, and Rush belting out Dreamline with vocals and without. Certainly not a full concert, and even the few songs they did checks on were only partially played, as is the case in just about any sound check. But given the nature of that overall event, how special it was for Toronto, how special it was for my colleagues and I to work on, made it even more surreal to have a mini set list performed for only a few hundred people scattered about and just hours prior to a crowd of nearly half a million who would later occupy the same space. All in the sweet hours of a hot July evening, with a sunset that was a collage of red, orange, and pink hues. That was my first non-Rush, Rush event. Another event references the post-R30 time frame. Lauren Wheaton, Neil Peart's drum technician, took the R30 drum kit in its entirety on a tour of several cities, where he held a drum clinic, photo op, and chit-chat sessions at select music stores. I attended the event on November 14 at Just Drums in the north end of Toronto. This style of tour was repeated with subsequent custom kits, but Lorne and the R30 kit in 2005 was the first tour of its kind, and it was cool. Dave, the proprietor of the store, warmly welcomed everyone and introduced the two stars of the show. The first was the R30 kit fully assembled, the gold-plated hardware, the revolving riser, every cymbal, pad, and drum assembled by Lorne as though Neil would have been playing himself. The other star that evening was Lorne himself, who went through a ton of conversation trajectories with us about the kit, about touring, and about so many other things. We got a chance to meet him, and he was really cool. But to get up close to that kit, feel the laminate on the drum shells, tap a skin or two was a special experience. 
On top of all of that, the sponsors were significant, and the merch they brought along, including a handful of free posters and branded trinkets, are all items I still cherish today. So events that focused on things about Rush, or featured Rush in some way, yet were not in and of themselves Rush events. I'd love to hear some of your experiences. Drop me a line and we might feature some on an upcoming episode. Until then, visit stephenchristiansen.ca for more episodes. This podcast is available on all major streaming platforms and apps, including Anchor, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I'm Stephen Christiansen. Thanks for listening. Production of Stephen Christensen. Podcast complete.